I'm sharing with you today the power of spiritual prosperity over natural decay. This is such a powerful topic. Awesome. When the Lord gave this to me, the power of spiritual prosperity over natural decay. How many of you have seen a rose wither? How many of you have seen flowers that bloom and die? Why? Because of the passage of time. Because of the passage of time. We're living in this realm, we're living in this world where time, time is working and ticking. And your body is working in the time realm. And that's why the human body is subject to decay. Because everything that is in the time realm withers and decays. And that's why Jesus said that I've come to give you eternal life. What is eternal life? Eternal life can be translated as everlasting time. Everlasting life, sorry. Everlasting life that means life that does not stop. Life that does not stop. Life that keeps thriving. So there is no decay. There is no wilting. There is no deterioration. Hallelujah. The people in heaven, they don't grow old. They have all been restored back to their optimal time. Amen. How many of you want to live forever and ever? You know that there are two ways to live forever and ever. One way is in heaven, another way is in hell. Hell is very real. The Bible says that we have a taste of heaven. When you feel good, when you're surrounded with good people and things are working well for you and your body is functioning well, you have a taste of heaven. But you can also have a taste of hell. What is the taste of hell? When you're having a difficult time, when you feel the pain, when your body is aching, when your mind is t- tormenting you, when your emotions are difficult and uh, and hurting you, when your heart is not beating well, when your lungs don't function, you could hardly breathe, and you're coughing all the time, when things don't work out for you, your finances are crumbling, and you want to say something and you can't talk, you can't manage to express yourself. All those difficult times, relationships that are not doing well, divorce that has happened, friendship that has been betrayed, all those things, people that are bullying you, surrounding you all the time, that's a taste of hell on earth. And what is hell? Hell is a nightmare from which you can never wake up. How many of you have dreamt of being lost in a nightmare? How many of you have dreamt of being lost? Dreamt of having people chasing after you? Hell is a nightmare from which you can never wake up. And hell is all the bad that you have, in, you have experienced in this life, but intensified billion times. I'm talking about both the frequency and the intensity. You may feel just a little bit of pain in my body, in your body, But then when you go to hell, it's the pain that torments you. So the person will be experiencing the pain in the body and the pain in the head. 
And that's why Jesus said, even if you, you have to chop off your arm, don't go to hell. Even if you pluck out your eyes, don't go to hell. Because there's a no return. As soon as you reach eternity, as soon as you have, as soon as you have come out of the passage of time, you reach eternity from which there is no turning back. And that's why the devil works extra hard to keep our attention on this life. That's what atheism is about, to keep your attention on this life so you forget about eternity, you doubt whether eternity exists, you have no time for eternity, then you have fallen into the devil's trap because eternity is actually all that matters. And that's why what is being petty, being petty is you care so much about this ram, this life ram, and God is no longer real or important to you. I've married a wife. I've bought a cow. I've bought a piece of land. I have a property. I have things I have to do. I have people that I have to meet. I have kids I need to take care of. I have grandchildren I need to take care of. And you go around and around in circles in this realm, in this life. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you prioritize it as the most important part of your life, then you have missed it. Say to the person next to you, don't miss it. Eternity matters. Eternity matters. And I said last Sunday, where you are now, that's where you will be when you leave this realm. You know very well whether you're going to hell or to heaven. If Jesus is not real to you and all that you care about is still your life and this world, then you haven't even been born again or you have backslidden. And if you think that you've been a Christian for so long that you're not learning anymore, you've lost the desire to learn, you've lost the appetite to know God more, then you go to heaven but as a little child. Because you won't be able to serve when you don't know God, when you don't know his word. You have been to Sunday school, but that's all that you know and some of the facts you haven't even remembered. Jesus said the way is narrow and the way is straight, and few will be it that finds it. God is not a cheap pole. He has not made everything cheap for us. He has given us his grace. Once you are born again, you still have to keep making decisions, keep making decisions, keep making decisions. That's how you grow. We are a tripartite being. You have a spirit, and that's where you communicate with God. That's where you get born again, or you got born again, when the Holy Spirit comes into your spirit and sits in your spirit, presiding over you and your life. And that's why when you worship, you lift up your hands. There is a spontaneous affection coming out of you. There is a spontaneous affection coming out of you to God. Your spirit is like an incense. 
that rises up to God. You don't have to struggle and strive. It comes when you are born again. That's how you know. Father is an affectionate term. You don't call God your father if you haven't got into that relationship. And the next part of you, I want to talk about your body. Your body is where your spirit dwells. Your body is where your spirit is. Devils don't have a body. Devils, demons don't have bodies. And that's why they lust after your body so they can lust through you. There's a coughing devil and all that he does is, (coughs) 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 and he wants to cough through your throat. And he will make your throat so itchy. And you just go, until you ruin your lungs. Until you ruin whatever that's on the inside of you that God has given to you to breathe. Devils are very real. If God were to open your eyes, you can see them. Are there devils in church? Yes, of course. Your body is supposed to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it is a mobile, is it is a mobile temple. A temple that moves. A temple that moves. The temple where the Holy Spirit is. The fire of God is. Your body is not yours. You've been bought with a price. It's all about stewardship. It's not about possession. You don't possess nothing. Come on. You don't possess anything of this body. But people are so greedy. You know, God has given me this body so I can do with it whatever I want. If I want to come to church, I come to church. If I don't want to come to church, I don't want to come to church. Now we go to the important part, and that is your soul. Your soul in this order is made up of your will your mind, and your emotions. Your emotions form the bottom, the lowest part of your soul. Your emotions form the lowest, the bottom part of your soul. Make sure that this is recorded. Could we make sure this is recorded? And if you live all the time by your emotions, you would easily become an animal. An animal is driven by impulse, instincts. If you allow your emotions to make you sad, to make you mad, to make you angry, you know, to just drive you, you're no different from an animal. Your emotions is the basis, the most um, inferior part of your soul. And it's supposed to be managed by your spirit. And if you allow your spirit to manage your feelings, you will have a powerful life. Feelings have to be at the right place, at the right time for the right people. Can we say amen? And also, you have anger against the devil. You have to bind him and feel the victory, the intensity. I'm binding you, devil. Amen. All right? So your emotions. The next part would be your mind. Your mind is very, very important because that is the battleground. There is a battle going on for your soul. 
The devil wants to have your emotions, wants to have your mind, and wants to have your will. And once he can get hold of your emotions, he will get to your mind because they are connected. And then your mind becomes compulsive, obsessive. You can't think of anything else but hating that person. You can't think of anything else but be offended by that person. You can't think of anything else but money. I need money. You can't think of anything else but I'm sick. What can I do? I'm sick. And it's called worries. And you, add, and you get into that perpetual worrying mode. And your thoughts are full of worries. And it's very dark. There is no light there. The devil has got your mind. We've all been there. Jesus said there are no temptations which are not common to men. It's just a matter of intensity and a matter of frequency. And that's why Jesus said to the Christians, to the Christians, through the apostle Paul, because Paul, he knew exactly what his life was like before he got saved. Don't get into religion. Don't get into theology. Get into the truth. Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. Not by their bachelor degree, their doctorate. No, by their fruit, you will know them. There are those that use religion to their own advantage. I'm a priest. I'm a pastor. I'm an evangelist. Who cares? Religion is not for you to use. Jesus is not for you to use. You don't belong to me. You belong to Jesus. If you all decide to go, I'm fine. I can still serve the Lord. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There is such a thing called selfish ambition and vanity, which has killed a lot of people. And there are those that are suffering from willful blindness. They can't see it. They think they're serving God, but they are left behind. It's so important. That's why Jesus said to the Christians, do not conform to the world. The world is a system. It's called the system of Babylon. It's a system that controls your money. It's a system that controls you. It's a system that manipulates you. It's a system that moving towards the end times. Now we are so dependent on the internet. We're so dependent on Wi-Fi. Your money is there. Your connections are there. Everything you store in the cloud. And then now we know that the weather can change. If there comes a downpour of rain, if there comes an earthquake, there goes plop all your money. There goes plop all your data. <laughs> and I don't understand why. There are some people that, you know, treat Facebook like a god. They put everything in their life into Facebook. Everything that happens in life, you can see it in Facebook. When I look at your Facebook, I know what's happening in your life. The word of God says, do not conform to the world, the world system, the system of Babylon, the system of Jezebel. Do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing, 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 renewing of your mind. 
If my mind is not doing well, I'm harboring prejudice against people. I need to renew my mind. I come to God and say, Lord, I repent. That's a bad thought. That's a wrong thought. Devil, get out of my mind in the name of Jesus. My mind is full of the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus. I love myself with the love of Jesus. And I love people with the love of Jesus. Jesus loves me and Jesus loves through me. That's how you transform by the renewing of your mind. Well, you ask me, Pastor Dora, how often do I have to do it? As often as you need to. So we've talked about the mind, and then we talk about the will. Your will is the crown of your soul. There is nothing more powerful than I choose. There is nothing more powerful than I will. I Married with the will. In English, you say, I will. Your will is very, very important. What did Jesus say when he was going through the toughest time of his life? Before he went to the cross, what did he say? Not my will, but your will be done. This is when you surrender. It's tough, Lord, but it's okay. I'm going through it, and I will win because it is your will for me to win. Amen? You just have to say that. You know, there it is. Sometimes the devil tries to trigger you. How many of you know that you can have a gun, but that, can, that gun can never fire until you pull the trigger? And if you notice your life, your life has a pattern, and you try to find out, The trigger. What is it that triggers you? What is it that triggers you for God? And what is it that triggers you to chase after the devil? You need to find out what triggers you. And as far as the devil is concerned, tell him, you can't trigger me anymore. I will not be provoked and I will not react. I will not be stumbled and I won't stumble anyone. These confessions are very, very powerful, and they come from the Holy Spirit. It comes from your heart. It is like a machine gun that comes out of your mouth, and the devil goes, How many of you know what I'm talking about? Spiritual battles are very real. Spiritual warfares are very, very real, and the battlefield is your soul. Your soul is your battlefield. And your soul is made up of your feelings, your thoughts, and your will. And that's why it is so important you get your will strong in the will of the Father. Amen. And when you get the word of God that says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. That is my will. And when I come across something that is difficult, when I come across something that to my mind says it's impossible, well, my will says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And then the thoughts come. And then the ways come. And then God's provision comes. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that's your introduction. (laughs) Let's go to Romans chapter 8 verse 2. Now, I don't know if we can show the the, the scriptures this morning. But uh, if we can't, just listen. Uh, I want you to know that in my days when I was a Christian, you know, I had my notebook, 
I had my Bible. I don't just sit there and just, you know, you take notes. You turn your Bible to that particular verse you write down. Because as you write, your mind becomes sharper. Your mind gets sharper. Amen. The more active you are in the pursuit of God, your mind gets sharper. So when you receive any text messages, you know, when it comes to the church, you know, I'm sending you messages, you should say, yes, glory be to God. Yes, glory be to God. Yes, glory be to God. What's happening is that you're getting used to the trigger. You're getting used to the Holy Ghost trigger. You're getting used to the Holy Ghost trigger. I know the Spirit of God is talking to me. I know the Holy Ghost is talking to me. And I'm responding. I'm responding. I'm being activated. I'm being activated. I'm being activated. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. Say to the person next to you, be activated. Amen. Amen. I've had times when I went through fatigue, I felt that I could not go on anymore. I felt so tired. I need to go. I needed to go to bed. But then I overcame it because I said to myself, I don't need to go to bed because I'm tired. I go to bed when I want to go to bed. I'm not driven. So in the name of Jesus, I said, I rebuke you. You force fatigue. Get out of my body. This force fatigue. Get out of my mind. Get out of my soul in Jesus' name. And I noticed that I can work for a few more hours. <laughs> Amen. The key is that the devil is not in control of my life. The Lord is in control of my life. And the Lord is in control of my life with my decisions. Because he's not a bossy parent. How many of you know that if you were a bossy parent, your kids become very weak? They don't know what to do. They're always looking up, mom, dad, mom, what should I do? Dad, what should I do? No, our father is not like that. Our father wants to train up his children so we know what to do. Amen. We need to grow up and be not like a child. From a child, you need to grow up to be an adult in Christ Jesus. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Come on, put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, mature me. Amen. Hallelujah. If you want to rule with the Lord Jesus Christ, if you want to be part of the millennium, you need to develop your maturity, your spiritual maturity now. Very important. Get to know God longer. Get to know God better. Get to know him higher. Get to know him deeper. There's so much growth when it comes to knowing God. And don't think that you've got it all because you've been a Christian for 30 years. No, you've hardly touched the service. And there are things that you have to unlearn because you've learned them wrong. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8 verse 2, the power of spiritual prosperity over natural decay. This is a statement. It is true, and it works. The power of spiritual prosperity over natural decay. Remember, the word of God is not religious. God is not religious. God is not wanting your applause or your agreement. God is not wanting for you to like him or love him. He doesn't care whether you love him or not, you like him or not. He is self-sufficient. He doesn't need you. He's not needy. There are people that are needy. They need people. And there are people that need to be needed. 
Some of you have heard of an Ignis syndrome. An Ignis syndrome. What does that mean? I'm a mother. I need my kids to need me. I need somebody else to need me. You know, God is not like that. He doesn't need you to need him. But we need him. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So Romans, and remember, God is not a cheap pole. Grace is free, but grace is not cheap. If you want grace, you need to hunger and thirst for it. I didn't get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, not right away when I got born again. And I hungered, and I thirsted, and I asked the Lord. Grace is not cheap. Grace is expensive. It cost the life of Jesus. Amen. Two laws for the kingdom. Romans chapter 8 verse 2. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay, let's do a little bit of um, Q&A. So how many laws do we have in this scripture? Two. All right. Can you name them for me? What's the first one? The law of the spirit of life. What's the second one? The law of sin and death, right? So two laws for two kingdoms. Which are the two kingdoms? The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Are they equal? No. You know the Chinese, they have the yin and yang? Equal? No. No. God is a lot higher. Amen. Where's the devil? Come on, tell me, where's the devil? Under your feet. Don't invite him into your head. You know when you're thinking wrong. How many of us do? How many of us know when we're thinking wrong? You do. Okay? So don't invite him into your head, okay? And don't invite him into your feelings. How many of you know that when you're feeling self-pity? Only me, <laughs> only me, no. <laughs> okay, so two laws, okay, two kingdoms, two rams, two zones, two locations. One law, what is a law? The law of gravity, the law of lift. What is a law? It's a principle that works. You just have to activate it. And as long, as soon as you activate it, it works. It's just like the air conditioners. As, as soon as you turn on the switch, they work. All right? So two laws, two kingdoms, two rams, two locations, two zones. All right? So one law is for bondage. And one law is for freedom. So let me ask you, which would you choose? Freedom or bondage? One more time. Which would you choose? Freedom. All right? Freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from what? Freedom from bondage. Freedom from captivity. Freedom from being driven. Freedom from all the lusts of the flesh. Freedom from all destructive influences. So that I'm not driven to do drugs. I'm not driven to take, uh, what's that? 
chemicals. I'm not driven to do alcohol. I'm not driven to smoke. I'm not driven to curse. Listen to me. I'm not driven to hate. I'm not driven to offense. I'm not driven to guilt. I'm not driven to shame. Say to the person next to you, I'm led, not driven. Amen. So one law is for bondage. One law is for freedom. The bondage of death, just to name a few. Sickness, accidents, aging or deterioration, debilitation that leads to death. Let me ask you these questions and I need you to answer them. Does one have to be sick to die? Do you have to be sick to die? No. A person can die in an accident. A person can die in a war. A person can die while sleeping. A person can die while he's hurting or while he's angry, you know. Uh, Does one have to age to die? Do you have to grow old to die? No. How many of you have heard of young people dying? Babies dying. All right. So don't equate your age with death. Don't link them together. Your mindset matters. How you think matters. If you've been saying, I'm old, I'm old, and you've been saying that for a long time, everybody that you've come across, I'm old enough to be your mom, I'm old enough to be your dad, you've you've been saying that you need to repent because you've been digging your own grave. Your tongue matters. Your tongue matters. Aging is not a bad thing. We don't age. We mature. We mature. Come on, say to yourself, I mature. And listen to me. If you are a person who is always sad, rainy days and Mondays always make me down. And you sing like that, you're always sad. You hardly go out with anybody. You're always sad. You feel so lonely. Guess what? There's a devil talking to you. There's a spirit of sorrow that's talking to you. It's a gloomy demon. A demon that feels so sad and so lonely. And he's sitting on your shoulders and talking to you, influencing your thoughts and your emotions, and weakening your will. Your soul, remember, is that part that you need to control or manage. Say to yourself, I manage my soul well. If you don't have an enemy, you're fine. If you don't have an enemy, you can be as sad as you want. In fact, there is a Chinese novel that's very famous, this is a lady called uh, Lin Dai Yu, right? And she's very famous for being sad. And that's what makes her pretty. <laughs> but you have a devil. There's an enemy that's looking for every opportunity to attack you. And since he can't attack your spirit, because your spirit is strong in the Lord... He will try to attack your soul and through your soul to weaken your body. Depression will affect 
your immunity. Depression will affect your mental state. Depression will affect your physical health. That's why take off the garments of mourning and put on the garments of praise. Amen? Amen, come on, say it with me. Put on the garment of praise. Well, you say, but nobody cares about me, Pastor Dora. Nobody even rings me up. Well, you can ring up someone. You can take somebody out for a coffee. You can, like what Anne loves to do, you can cook a meal and invite people to your house. You can start the chain of love. Can we say amen? Amen. Who is that? I mean, will God do it for you? No, God's not doing it for you. You know, sometimes I wish God could help me with my cooking when I was, you know, bringing up my kids. No, I'm the one doing the cooking. So you have, you have to do something about your life. Say to the person next to you, do something about your life. Don't be so busy making money. You know, I'm busy making money. I'm busy making money. I'm busy doing this. I'm busy doing that. And when you go to heaven, how many of you know that when you go to heaven in front of God, your life will be fleshed before you? And you see, what have I done in my life? There's nothing much. I've wasted how many years? 60 years? 70 years? 80 years? Just being patty. How many of you know that babies are cute? You know you can spend all your time and all your money on babies. You know what they have? Cute power. (laughs) You know how does a baby get you to cuddle him and carry him even when he's seven kilos? Would you carry something seven kilos for a long time? You would if it's a baby. Why? Because a baby is cute. Especially when he or she is your grandchild. And you feel you have a part to play in that life. You can enjoy them, but don't make them your master. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you know that babies grow up? They grow up (laughs) and they don't remember your cuddles, okay? Believe me, when they grow up. (laughs) Okay, let's go to John 10.10. This life is very fleeting. Time goes. The passage of time. Time goes. Time goes. And that's why eternity matters. Eternity matters, okay? Time goes, eternity matters. I'm not saying that you don't enjoy your life. You enjoy your life, but you must prioritize. It's very important. Amen. Don't work like an alcoholic or workaholic. You need to prioritize. Amen. Your life matters. Come on, say to yourself, my life matters. One more time, my life matters. There's a time for training and there's a time for maturity, okay? So if you look at John 10.10, The thief comes not but for to steal. That means the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I want you to notice the contrast. The contrast between stealing, killing, and destroying versus giving abundant life. 
So I want you to be able to discern the activities of demons. Because the devil would have you to think that is you. It's not you. They are devils. All right? So if any thought that comes to you to steal from you your health, any thought that comes to you to cause you to be violent, aggressive, or passive-aggressive, any thoughts that come to you that causes you to uh, come into a time of ruin, like ruining your health or ruining your relationships or ruining your joy or ruining your mind or ruining your sleep, that is of the devil. Don't take that as yourself. Cast him out in Jesus' name. All you have to do is to lay hand on your forehead and say, devil, I'm not acting on your thoughts. I'm not acting on your ideas and your suggestions. I'm not acting on your invitations. Go in the name of Jesus. Get out in Jesus' name. How many of you know that if you have a dog, and if you just tell your dog, go, come on, please go. Leave, please. Puppy, go. Puppy, go. No, the dog won't go. It was still... But when you mean business and say, go, the dog will leave. That's what you have to do with the devil. You can't be casting out the devil and doubting at the same time. You can't be casting out the devil and receiving and suffering from condemnation at the same time. And that's why the word of God says that there is therefore now no condemnation. For those that are in Christ Jesus, because once you have been born again, your lie, your, your eyes have been opened, you know, and before you thought that it was, oh, woe me. No. Wow. And now you can see, no, it's not, oh, woe me. I have a lot of devils I need to deal with. And some of them sound like me, act like me, feel like me, lust through me. The difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is now that your eyes are open and you can see into the realm of the spirit and you know that devils are real. Not only do you know that they are real, you have been given the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, 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 absolutely nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's the difference. And you need to act on it. You need to act on it. You need to act on it. And you need to be trained. Your hands are for war and your fingers are for battle. So no arthritis. If the Holy Spirit is living in your body, let me ask you, is it the will of God for your body to be sick? No. If God needs you to outreach, if God needs you to sing praises, if God needs you to serve his church, if God needs you to serve in his army, will he give you sickness and disease? No. God is not schizophrenic. He does not have a split personality. Neither do we. Amen. So we serve him with all of our heart, all of our Bind and all of our strength. Holy, W-H-O-L-E, unto the Lord. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let me ask you another question. Is God in the business of saving and healing people or in the business of afflicting and killing people? 
saving and healing. So which law does sickness function by? One more time. The law of sin and death. And which law do Christians function by? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So you can talk to your body. You know, my body functions by the law of the spirit of life. Body, line up with the word of God. Line up with the word of God. Line up in Jesus' name. Line up every part of my body from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Line up with the word of God. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let me ask you another question. Who is the thief? The devil. Who is the I? Jesus, right? We read just now John. This is referring to John 10.10. So is God for or against you? For you. How does he do that? Through Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a very simple question. I don't always see God. Jesus, can you appear to me and talk to me? No. That's not, uh, what's that called? The, The law of the thumb, right? That's not something that always happens. In fact, it happens when you have a drama, when you have a problem. What always happens for God to talk to you is God talks to you through your born-again spirit. You have an unction. You have a knowing. You have a sense. You know it. You know it. You sense it. Your conscience talks to you. Your heart talks to you. That's how God talks to you. All right? But every, every unction that you have, every sense that you have, you have to check it. You check it with the word. So the most accurate way and the safest way for us to hear God is to hear God through his word. Well, you say to me, but Pastor Dora, there are 66 books in the Bible. How can I hear God? It doesn't matter. God will talk to you. Even if you read one sentence a day, God will talk to you through that one verse. And God will talk to you when your pastor is preaching to you. We all need a home church. You can watch YouTube as long as you want, but it's different from belonging to a home church. Because God did not start YouTube. Duh. (laughs) How many of you know that? God did not start YouTube. If you store everything in the cloud, you store everything with Wi-Fi, you store everything with YouTube, blank. It goes. The Bible wants us to be self-sufficient in all things. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so how did God save us? Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Look at John chapter 3, verse 16. You have read this for many, many times. John three sixteen. How many of you can recite it? For God so... Love the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. How many of you have had vegetables in your kitchen that you can't use anymore because they have rotten? How many of you have had food that you was 
thinking of you can eat, but you can't anymore because they have gone bad. That's the word perish. How many of you know that the Bible says that your body is fearfully and wonderfully made? God does not want any part of your organs. God does not want any part of your bones, any part of your tendons, any part of your intestines to rot, to deteriorate, to disintegrate, to fail to function because of age, because of time. Why is it so important? It's past the door. Everybody ages. But I'm not everybody. I'm a child of God. I have the life of God in me. Jesus' life is eternal life, and he has given me that life. Amen. Amen. I don't want my body to rot. I don't want my bones to go bad. I don't want my bones to be weakened. I don't want my bones to... to like disintegrate. Let me ask you, is that the will of the Father for your body to stay strong and healthy? Is that the will of the Father? Then what can you do about it? If you ask anything according to my will, it shall be done unto you. You have to be fully persuaded That it's the will of God for you to stay strong and healthy. Don't think like the rest of the world. You have to be fully persuaded. It is the will of God for my lungs to do well, to breathe well without coughing. It is the will of God for my knees to do well, my hips to do well, my bones to do well, my marrow to do well. It is the will of God. It is written. Glory be to God. That's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. And because we're living in the end times, they will come to you because they want to find out from you the key. How come you're living such a good life? How come you're living such a joyful life? How come you're living such a peaceful life? How come you're living such a healthy life? Church is not about activities. The church is about the truth. The church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. And the truth needs to be lived out. The truth needs to be lived out. The truth needs to be lived out. You can be taught, you can be taught for two years, three years, 30 years. But if you don't ever act on the truth, the truth will stay stagnant in your life. And you'll always be looking for somebody that you just want to talk to. You just want to teach. You just want to talk to. Why? No, because you're not living it. I've seen so many Christians. The minute you say hello and they start to preach. Live. Come on, say to the person next to you, live it. One more time, live it. When you live it, you become so busy. You don't have to worry about preaching. You don't have to worry about teaching. There will be many that will come to you. Many, many people will lay hold of a Jew and say, I want to know your God. Why? Because they're doing so well in the end times. So my desire when I got born again, because I had been a Catholic for a long time before I got born again. When I got born again, my heart's desire is to know the truth and to live it out. 
Because before I got born again, I suffered. I was plagued with inferiority, self-doubt, depression, darkness, name it. You know, I got it all. (laughs) And I did read my Bible when I was a Catholic. We had Bible study as well. But I didn't have the power. I didn't know that I had been given the power. So when I got born again and when I got healed of all of my sickness and disease, this is the way. This is the way. It's like a door had been opened unto me. This is the way. The song that we sing, you know, you're the only truth, the life and the way. Only, 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 only. Hallelujah. I don't go after human reasoning because I've been there. I've been there. I go after human reasoning and I fail. You ask me, what does the world have to offer? What does the world have to offer you in terms of thinking? Well, you can think, you can think so much till you drop dead, you know, because <laughs> you think too much and you get so exhausted and you've given all your energy to your work. And then when it comes to live your life, you have no more energy because your brain had been sucked and drained so much when you were working. The Babylon system is very demonic. They try to pay you and make you feel good. You know, I'm a high executive. I get a very high pay. But you work, you work, and you work, and you work. You're giving them your life. But with God, it's different. The more you serve him, the more you get rejuvenated. The more you serve him, the more you get blessed. When you serve him in faith and you serve him with joy, ooh, you get this joy inexplicable and full of glory. And the more you minister to people, the more you get ministered. I went to the home group, uh, Sarah and Ruhia's home group. I learned so much. I was so blessed. I was doing the youth with Sarah. I became young again. Amen. There's a difference. So don't function and don't live like the world. Can we say amen? You must have the wisdom of God to operate in the world so that you don't come under their witchcraft and you don't come under their, opinion, uh, their dominion. Amen. So John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Brought, disintegrate, deteriorate, debilitate, but have everlasting, 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 not death, but life, 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 life. Glory be to God. Amen. How many of you have aloe vera at home? I'm talking about the plants. How many of you know that even if you cut off one piece and you put it on your kitchen table, it can stay for a long time? Why? Because there's so much life in it. Life. And Jesus said, I've come that you may have life. And then he added to have life more abundantly. Abundantly. But the devil tried to trick you and fool you into thinking that I'm 60, I'm about to die. 70, oh, I'm not sure if I can make it to the end of the 70s. 80s, oh, I'm ancient, you know. 
Well, praise the Lord. He's the ancient of days. Amen. Come on, say to yourself, I'm mature. I don't age. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want you to highlight the word begotten now. The word begotten. Jesus came as a man, right? Did Jesus come as a man? Was he born as a baby or as an alien? (laughs) So Jesus came as a man, as a person, and he lived and he died as a man. He lived and he died as a man. Yet he was conceived of the Holy Spirit. The conception of Jesus was the angel delivered a word. And Mary received that word with faith. Be it unto me according to your word. The Holy Spirit moved upon that word. And life came to the womb of Mary. So Mary is like a surrogate mother. All right. From which Jesus gets his body. Because his body is human. All right. So I want you to understand that. So he lived out his human life unto the Father. He finished his mission. He got resurrected and he ascended back to heaven. All right. So the life that Jesus lived out on earth, what do we call that life? What do we call the life that Jesus lived out as a man? Fully fulfilling the covenant. His obedience to the Father, what's the life that he lived? What do we call that life? Eternal life. Eternal life. That's what he had come from heaven to receive and to lift out so that he could give it to you and to me. And that's why he called us the members of his own body, which was a human body. Until it got resurrected. So that eternal life, where is it now? Where is that eternal life? In you. Remember, until a seed, unless a seed died, it abides alone. But if it dies, what? It will multiply. Gives a great harvest. So who, who, who are the multiplications of Jesus? We are. So if you are his multiplications, what kind of life do you have in you? Eternal life. But how come you don't feel it? Because you don't focus on it. You don't think it. You're too busy living out your natural life every day. Only when you come to church, you start to hear about this eternal life. You start to pay attention to this eternal life. And the worst thing is that when you get into familiarity, you know, you go to Sunday school, you come to church, and you dance, and you sing, okay, church is finished, I go to work. (laughs) You become religious. This eternal life is not a religious life. This eternal life is what gets you through the difficult times. It's what makes you different from the unsaved. It's what talks to you when you're in trouble. It's what leads you when you don't know what to do. It's what empowers you when the devil is trying to bully you and attack you. Come on, say with me, I have this eternal life in me. I know it. I act on it. 
Amen. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Isn't he good? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So your body is not meant to decay. Your body is not meant to perish. Say with me, my body does not rot. Thank you, Jesus. Go with me to John chapter 11, verse 25. John 11, 25 to 26. John 11, 25 to 26. How many of you know that Jesus has a very sound mind? He had a very, very sound mind. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly where he was going. Come on, lay hand on your head. Put your hand on your forehead and say, I have a sound mind. Amen. I know where I am. I know where I'm going. Amen. So John 11, 25 to 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. What's the difference between resurrection and life? What's the difference between resurrection and life? Life is just life, normal life, living. Resurrection life is death conquering life. And if it's death conquering, would it be sickness conquering? It has to be. If it conquered death, it had to conquer sickness. Amen? Amen? So what life do you have now? The resurrection life. The eternal life has to be the resurrection life. Because to be eternal, that means it's death overcoming. Come on, lift up your hands with me and say, I am death overcoming. One more time, I'm death overcoming. No fear of death. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And then there is one condition. He that believes in me. Believes. If you listen, if you read the Amplified Bible, means he who trusts in, adheres to, and follows me. Adheres to means you're glued to it. <laughs> Inseparable. Okay, that's the word believe. It does not mean you believe for two minutes and then you don't believe. All right? So he said, he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Did he fulfill this? John 11, what happened in John 11? Come on, tell me. What happened in John 11? Lazarus was raised from the dead. Praise God. You have this death-conquering power in you. You're not a weakling. The devil's voice weakens you, but God's voice empowers you. So any voice that comes to put you down, any voice that comes to bully you, any voice that comes to cause you to doubt yourself, rebuke it in Jesus' name. The devil cannot enter into this zone, which is yours from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, all that you have and all that you use your money to buy. The devil cannot enter into your zone without your belief, without your permission. Come on, lift up your hands with me and say, I have total authority over my life. 
Amen. If you don't have the authority over your life, it would be unfair for God to judge you. Isn't that right? If you stand before him and you said, well, I have to do this because she makes me do it. I have to do this because he makes me do this. I have to do it because the devil drives me to do it. Then God says, okay, not your fault, go. You can, you can decide. You are a moral agent. You can decide. If I make the decision to come to church, whether it's uh, pouring cats and dogs, I'm coming. But if, I've, if I always think, well, if everything, you know, it's convenient, I'll come to church. If it's not convenient, I won't come to church. Uh, maybe, I'm not sure. Maybe, let's find out, let's see. <laughs> when little things happen, I'm not coming. Can you ever succeed if you live your life like that? Will you ever succeed? Will anybody hire you if you work like this? I'm not sure if I'm coming to work this morning. <laughs> you know, if I have a headache, I won't come. If it rains, I won't come. Uh, if somebody in my house is not well, I won't come. Well, sorry, I don't think we can hire you. <laughs> come on, lift up your hands and say, I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Put your hand on your forehead and say, my will. It's strong. In the will of the Father. My mind is strong. It's the mind of Christ. My emotions are holy. The emotions of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Glory be to God. You are not a grasshopper. Go with me to Numbers 13.33. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers as we were in their sight. So how you see yourself matters. If you see yourself weak, the devil says, yay, you are weak. If you see yourself as a small potato, the devil says, yay, you are a small potato. (laughs) How you see yourself matters. You don't sit there and wait for people to like you, to tell you how great you are, you know, how smart you are, how pretty you are. Stop all that. Cut those strings. You don't, you don't need people to approve you, to affirm you. You don't need people to need you. Can we say amen? Can we say amen? Your sufficiency is in Christ Jesus. That is enough. It's enough. And then you live free. You live free. Amen. Can I say I'm free? Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I want to finish with this. <laughs> I still have six pages, but because of time. All right. Understanding time. God is free from the passage and the pressure of time. Why you say to me, I'm always busy, I'm busy doing this, I'm busy doing that. Well, who managed, excuse me, who managed your life? Me. The soul, da. Who made you busy? Myself. 
We need to lay our hands on our calendar and pray. Say, Lord, I want the Holy Spirit to manage my time with wisdom, with balance, with wisdom. If you're always going after needs, there'll be many, many needs. It takes eternity to meet all those needs. And besides, God has not assigned you to meet all the needs. We need to be time-wise. Did I say it right? Time-wise. Come on, say with me, time-wise. Very important. Very important. You can't just work, 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 and bury yourself with work, 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 and you lose all the joy. When the joy of the Lord is your strength. (laughs) Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So God is free from the passage and the pressure of time. He's from everlasting to everlasting. What does that mean? He outlasts. He outlasts all the problems, all the troubles. He outlasts every man. He outlasts every demon spirit. He's the champion. Everybody starts to drop off, but he is still standing. Amen. It matters how you finish your life. You may have started very well, but if you don't finish it well, you've lost it. And since you're not yet at the end of your life, you still have time to catch up. Amen. Amen. And now that you have retired, you can't blame you know, your, your work and say, I have no time to read my Bible. You have all the time. You can read your Bible. I believe that we're living in the end times with all the pressure. It's just like when you have a toothpaste, you know, the tube. You press the tube and you find out what's on the inside. And God will allow us to go through pressure. So when the pressure comes, you know what's in your heart. And when I know what is in my heart, if there are things I need to get rid of, I need to get rid of them. Without condemnation. But there are people that stay like that for 30 years, 40 years, and never change. One day I came to the Lord. I said, I'm so sorry. I have been so stupid. It had taken me so many years to change. Lord, please speed it up. I want to speed it up. And God said to me, then change quickly. Say to the person next to you, it doesn't take forever to change. Change is just a decision. I can change from hate to love. Just one decision. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So the devil, let me finish with God first. (laughs) So he outlasts every spirit, okay, every event. And he's never wearied. He's never worn out. He's never depleted. He does not perish and he does not age. God is over and above time. He is patient. He is long-suffering until he achieves his plan. He lasts and he lasts and he lasts until he hits the target. Patience is power. Amen? Hallelujah. The devil, on the other hand, is trapped in time. His time is short. Revelation 12, 12. 
Revelation 12, 12. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. I believe that God has marked the devil even in our lives when he tries to attack us. He's only allowed to attack us for so long and then he has to flee and then he'll come back. That's why you notice even with compulsive, obsessive behaviors, they will last for a short time and then the devils will come. I mean, the devils will leave and then the devils will come back because it has been assigned unto them a short time. But God is the one who is everlasting. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God. You ask me then, Pastor Dora, why, why are the devils allowed to attack us? Can somebody answer that question? Why are devils allowed on this earth to roam around seeking whom they may devour? It's for you to find out how strong or how weak you are and in which area so you can do something about it. Amen. So at the end of the day, who decides your life? You. If you don't decide your life, it will be unfair for God to judge you. Every one of us matures. You spend so much time, you spend so much love, you spend so much, you know, into your child, but you have to release. Release. There will come a time when your kids will grow up and they become adults, and you've laid the groundwork, you have taught them, you've laid the groundwork, and now release. And then you intercede. You don't boss them anymore. You don't pamper them anymore. You don't baby them anymore. Because that's how God functions. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So let me ask you another question. What do you do when you know that you have a short time? If you know that you only have a short time and you want to do a lot, what do you do? You hurry, right? You rush. You'll be anxious. You try to do as much as you can. And you work till you drop. (laughs) Understand, that's why the devils are driving and driving and driving and driving. Because he knows that he has but a short time. So that's how you outrun the devil. Devil, you have a short time, but I have a long time. And I refuse to be driven. I refuse to be rushed. Though I have sinned, though I have fallen, but I shall arise. I have a proven track record. Amen. You might have defeated me three times, but I have, ri- I have risen up seven times. You need to prove the devil f- his failure. Amen. Glory be to God. Time is for you and not against you. Come on, say it with me. Time is for me and not against me. Amen. You outlast the devil. So I want to finish with this. Let's say your life is a journey, right? It's a race. So we have here how many? Six chairs in the front. So you start with that chair and you start to run your life, okay? From childhood 
to uh, adolescence, to adulthood, and then to mature adulthood. All right? So how you finish matters. So the devil were trying to rush you, rush you, rush you, and cause you do this, do that, and distract it, and do this, and suffer from that, and pain from that, and all that. But then you got born again, and then you have the light, and then you have the truth. And you say to the devil, I won't allow you to drive me anymore. I don't allow you to rush me anymore. I'm taking time with God. My time comes from him. My life comes from him. So I'm pausing and I'm praying. I'm pausing and I'm confessing the word. I'm pausing and I'm thinking. I won't allow my emotions to be driven. I choose to walk in love. I choose to walk in the clarity of my thinking. I choose to walk in planning. I choose to do what is right. I refuse to do what is wrong. And then you build yourself up in this kind of lifestyle. You're building your life. You're building your life. Amen. You're building your mind to operate in God's pattern. All right. Habits work. So you build yourself and you build yourself and you build yourself. So in the past, it might have taken you, it might have taken you like only two days and then you get angry and you get mad or maybe even just one day and you get into a depression. But then you notice that as you start, to, you start to implement this, as you start to implement this, you pause when you felt that you were driven and you went to God. Instead, you notice that instead of two days, you get longer. Now you don't get into that sadness or that madness until you've had maybe one week. And then later on, one week becomes one month. One month becomes six months. Six months become one year. And then before you know it, you're completely free. That's the word of God that says, do not conform to the world because the devil is the God of the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everybody has stress. It's just a matter of how you handle it. Christians would give our stress to God because he's stress-free and it's pay-free. <laughs> it doesn't cost you any money, all right? And the world has stress. How do they de-stress? Come on, tell me. In the world, how do they, how do they de de-stress? Alcohol, drugs, clubs, pornography, uh, what else? Holidays. Cinemas, uh, what else? Gambling, uh, gossips. <laughs> I mean, there are no temptations that are not common to all men. It's just a matter of how you overcome them. Amen? Amen? Spiritual prosperity over natural decay. Another word for decay is decadence, really bad. Amen? So lift up your hands with me and say, no decay working in my life. I'm thriving. I'm thriving. I'm thriving. I'm thriving. Glory be to God. Can I ask you to stand with me? Amen. Can I ask you to, uh, worship team, could you please come? Amen. Hallelujah.
Amen. We're going to sing this song, God, I look to you. Whenever you find it hard, okay? Everybody finds it hard sometimes, okay? It's common to all men. So whenever you find it hard, what do you do? Call upon the Lord. Come on, say to the person next to you, call upon the Lord. Amen. It won't take long, okay? It won't take long. God is only one breath away. When you find it hard, call upon the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Say to the person next to you, life is good.